You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! trying out a last week Fuck. mike if you remember i tried out a new uh cat yeah it was stupid i hated it it was really good that was stupid i hated it i've now i've got a new oh god logan see if you like christ here we go here we go ladies and gentlemen get ready for some bullshit are you done i'm i'm just getting started i'm just getting started so I say every time I go into a into to the the cops are like you think you you starting you starting up again Weeby I'm just getting started and you say it every time you go into the porn theater here we go <clears throat> um get ready to get your fucking asshole podcasted off <laughs> that's wow. are you on are you on the yeah what is that are you get a trying to get us put up put up on uh, the information wars. Infowars. Infowars is short for information wars. FYI, that's, that's info to me. You know no, that, that fucking sponsor. They're letting that fucking dipshit Alex Jones be on that other asshole kill Tony or fucking Tony Douchecliff. Like they're doing shows together in Austin, and I fucking it's such a pain in. I I hate it so much. I want them both to be run out of town on a rail. Um. Which is very painful if you've ever read about rail rail running. I do it on the weekends and I I sign up to have it done to me. But get get ready to have your fucking asshole podcasted off is a shirt, my friend. You're just not seeing it yet. I'm sure it is a shirt that they sell at the on it gym right now. Get ready to get your fucking asshole podcasted off. Zach and Mike make three. Nootropics. Zach and Mike make three. Anyway, hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the aforementioned Zach and Mike make three. I'm Zach Blair. That's Mike Weeby, the one with the dumber voice. And um, I know we uh, the deeper voice. If well, actually the, vo- yeah. the voice that entails thicker <laughs> genitals. <laughs> it's thick. It's just not very long. Um, so if you never listen to our podcast, we just ask us three things they're into. Could be all time favorites. Could be things they're into now uh that's the that's our biz baby that's our biz um we're musicians from bands you might or may not have heard of mike is a stand-up comedian you may might not have heard of mike is an actor and you for, you for sure haven't heard of <laughs> mike is a golfer you've never heard of hey so uh what no you- I, 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 there's a there's a famous golfer though named mark weeby oh really and I, I i assume i'm i'm assume i'm legally distantly related to him in some way because there's not that many weebies in america you know what golf is fucking stupid it's the dumbest it's so lame say that mike your your inheritance is just going down the toilet 
Yeah, I was, I'm not getting that. I will say, though, I have fallen into a hole where as stu- I, I legitimately believe golf is a dumb thing for rich morons. But like golf tricks, people that do tricks with golf, like there's like guys that like they can like just keep bouncing a golf ball on like a, a long golf stick and like do shit between their legs and like bounce it up. And then there's guys that do like these little like trick putts where they like bounce the ball like in 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 like you know upside down and shit like that and i am never not absolutely delighted to see like tiktoks and and things like that of like golf tricks to where i i feel like i like i've been talking shit about golf for such a long time and now i have this new i guess it's not really golf it's just like tricks with the club and a golf ball but case in point you're a big fan of hacky sack too mike I mean, I mean, you know, when they legalize weed in Texas, I will be because I won't I won't try it until it's legal. But I'm sure I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a delightful diversion on the quad. Now, hacky sacks fucking lame. Hacky sack is never I've never seen one person do anything impressive with a hacky sack. I've never been impressed by a hacky sack trick. I'm talking like golf tricks where people will literally bounce a golf ball off of like five different surfaces at different angles and then make it go into a cup all in like a house or whatever i need to address the aforementioned that you and me don't like sports nor do we know anything about sports case in point you said golf stick uh when you were referring to a golf <laughs> I say golf stick yeah <laughs> on a golf stick yeah. um, but yeah uh you and me are not sportsmen that's for sure um, Are you? Do you like sports at all, Stuart? Oh, we should introduce Stuart. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick. I like basketball. We're this, yeah. Hey, Stuart, you just piped down over there. We're getting to you, baby. Shut uh, up, motherfucker. Yeah, fucking motherfucker. Hey, so what have you been up to this uh, week, Mike? I gotta put up with you guys on my off day. I know, I know. Uh, well, uh, as you know, Zach, I've been in the studio recording with you and uh, our guest, who we haven't introduced yet. Uh, new Dracula's material. And uh, just kind of get just doing, uh, I guess, since last week, I think I've done like one comedy show and getting back into that uh, drunken, um, silly, silly boy world. I've been getting into my golf sticks. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into our. Uh, let's get our. our, our yes, yes, we have on. been recording. We've been recording all week and we're really excited. And we've been wanting to have this guy on for a long time uh, since since day one, because he's a super interesting guy. I mean, do you have a fucking what? Grammy? I don't think you do. I don't have a Grammy. Mike doesn't have a Grammy. Our guest does have a Grammy. I do. I have a Grammy and I have a Grampy. You have a Grampy. They both live in Nebraska. Mike's an EGOT and an ERCOT. Um, (laughs) Not a fucking ERCOT. Tell you that. Uh, Hey, we live in a shithole state right now who care more about making sure that mouth breathing drool mouth dipshits have concealed guns that they don't have to have licensed than us having power in town. And we're going to build a wall. And we're going to keep building. Yeah, we're putting money into the fucking useless wall that is slats that anybody. I mean, ever since the beginning of that goddamn wall, you just look at it and go like, well, I can get through that. Like, I don't even and I don't have it like I'll give me 10 minutes in front of that stupid wall and I'll figure out a way through it. I think it's funny that the same conservative rich dickheads that are voting for this gun, gun, these gun laws are the same people that are going to get robbed by the people that they don't want to have guns, which is, I'm kind of all for some more power to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, Oh, I shouldn't have voted for this ridiculous, stupid bill. Anyway, back to our guests. This is Stuart Sykes. Stuart is a producer. 
uh, that has worked with bands like Rocket from the Crypt, Jack White, Loretta Lynn, uh, Cat Power, John Spencer Blues Explosion, R- Riverboat Gamblers. Dragon- oh, holy shit. The Riverboat Gamblers. So, uh, holy shit. Mike, again, your mic, your mic is so close to your mouth that somebody just wrecked their car. Good. Uh, Good. They need to. Uh, anyway, Stuart's also a family friend. We love him very dearly. We've been in, locked in a room with him all week, as we are periodically throughout uh, the years, because uh, he's the best. He's great at what he does. Even if he didn't live in Austin, we would still seek him out. Hi, Stuart. Say hi. What's up? You know, hey, I think I buddy. broke my toe cleaning up the studio this morning. On he's what? A mic stand. Are you, uh, your filth? Your fucking special filth. talent. So there he is. Um, talent. My uh, Stuart, to get before we get into your three things, what do you got going on, Bubba? Oh, I'm recording this this new band. They're called Dracula's. They're gonna they're Ooh. gonna take over. Take over. The <laughs> gonna be star. Do you really think we're gonna be stars? Do you think we're gonna be a star? If you keep looking in the mirror and telling yourself that, I think it'll happen. See, yeah, I mean that's part of my that's part of my affirmation. It's part of my I'm joined a little oh. group called Nexium and they are teaching me how to Hey man. They're, they 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 know what's up. They do. I got the brand. You're in. Um all right. Well, Stu, thanks for uh doing our podcast. Thanks for putting up with us this week and putting up with this period. You are uh <clears throat> You're slumming it when you're working with us, and so we appreciate yeah. you. We appreciate you. Yeah. You're great. You're amazing. Hey, I like I said, I don't have a fucking Grammy. You got a Grammy. And if I had a Grammy, like you do, I would just walk around with the motherfucker like around my neck. I've never seen your Grammy, actually. I where do you, where do you, where you, do you know, keep it? It's, uh, it's somewhere in my house. But I tend to try and move it. Diane will put it places that are more prominent, and I tend to put them away. Did you? Did you go? You didn't go, did you? To no. the Grammys? I didn't even actually think I was gonna get one. Well, you mostly because I don't know anything about how you get one. I mean, I, yeah. I was told that you had to work on over fifty percent of a record, which I think I worked on fifty percent. But whatever, so you, they're probably gonna take it away from me now. And and that was for it did take three years to get. That was for engineering the Van Leer Rose record. That was Jack White and Loretta Lynn, correct? Yeah, I was mixing. Well, oh, mixing. And I will say, when I have, well, I, I, I love that record. And when I have listened to it before, I've thought the overall engineering, whoever engineered mix, before I even knew you or knew that you were involved in that record, I thought, man, it, they nailed that that period of time that they were, you know, the kind of the 70s, uh, the records that Loretta Lynn would have been on with like say George Jones or something like that they sort of really you guys I guess really nailed that era and uh, in an amazing way so you earned that Grammy Bubby. It started off as like rehearsals like seeing if it was going to work and they oh, recorded God. it and then <laughs> it, that's what became the record Holy shit uh, did, they, did they do that thing where they went and tried to like record it in a big studio and like you know this doesn't sound as good I don't think it went that far. I think it was like they did it at Eric's and it was like, yeah, this is good. We're going to keep working on that. Yeah. Wow. Well, it is uh, it's a great record and uh, super proud of you. And you earned that shit. And Nashville, uh, Dave Mustaine is trying to get the copyright on or maybe he did get the copyright on Thrashville, Mike. So, mm. Wait, what? What? What's Thrashville? 
<laughs> Dave Mustaine from Megadeth lives in Nashville and he got the copyright on Thrashville. So now there's like merchandise that says Thrashville instead of Nashville. I don't uh, think he's going to change Nashville to Thrashville. <laughs> like, I think well, I, does he have a studio or something there? Or is he just uh, like. I don't know. I think it's just, just like. Just, like a, just a wacky t shirt. I think just, it's just. Uh, um, Are there never been known as, as the metal capital of the world? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Shirts are flying off the show. The guy that lives there that's metal. Um, I'd have a better chance of getting Austin to be a metal capital. Um, San Antonio could totally be a they absolutely could. They had the yeah. SA Slayer. There was a band called Slayer in San Antonio that Slayer were like, hey, you can't be called Slayer. And they were like, fuck you, we're SA Slayer. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what a bold. Um, we're the Austin. We're the Austin Draculas. Um, okay. I always wanted to, I thought it'd be funny to start a band called the Beatles UK. <laughs> yeah, it would be let, fucking like the who too. Um, well, Stuart, let's get into your thing number two. So, I mean, thing number one, shit. So we don't have you uh, forever because you're a busy man and you've been dealing well, with- Well, me and Stuart actually uh, are going to work on some other music today. Later, we have- uh, uh, we have a secret super group we're working on with me and him and Ian McDougal and, oh, and a well, special surprise guest. Fancy little gentlemen, then. Why don't you two? Oh, yeah. Busy little beavers. I'm sure it's All right. So, what do you want me to start with? The mundane or the even more mundane? It's I your dance. Really, really it's, great topic. It's your dance party. We're just trying to cha cha, baby. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with your thing number one. Thing number one. I'll start with old movie theaters. Old movie theaters. That's a great one. Fucking stupid. Oh, wait. Well, that's great. I, that's I good. You say something like that. You know, you know, I mean, I am a huge cinephile and I love, love a good old movie theater. I mean, I, 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 they could be. Uh, Completely almost about to fall down or completely refurbished. I love them all. I have a, such a, like one of the first tours I ever went on was with a, a band called Sodom and Gomorrah Liberation Front from Denton, Texas. They were kind of like uh, industrial kind of ministry-esque, like not industrial, you like know, a band goth. Name can really describe the style of music that, yeah, a hundred percent. Uh two bass players. Um, but uh it's a pretty cool band, actually. Uh and but we had like a we and we did like a Texas tour that was all like I mean at the time it's not like oh we're going on tour, but it was all places like I don't even know, man, like lo, like all like central Texas super small towns. This is like not this is early 90s this is like 92 or something like that 93 so it was like a tour but it was like like a long weekend and i remember going to just a the shittiest and i like old baroque theaters where they keep it up but this was like the shittiest movie theater to see lord of illusions which was like uh a scott they were trying to make a a a franchise with Scott Bakula and it was a Clive Barker series about this guy who's like a he's like a hard edged private detective but he like goes and like looks into occult crimes or whatever and I remember just the, the tiniest 
And it must have been in like Victoria, Texas or somewhere like that. Just seeing like a matinee of that. And just, I don't know. There's something so special about that. What's your favorite old movie theater? Well, Texas theater. Texas theater. It's the best. I used to, I was, I was on the board when it was a nonprofit. I was on the board. Oh, really? Many years slumming it, trying to keep that place afloat hey everybody just wanted to tell you the riverboat gamblers have a brand new seven inch out we covered a ramon song and we covered a motorhead song and we were lucky enough to get cj ramon to do some backup vocals it's on limited edition vinyl there's some yellow and some pink uh, you can get it at gamblers forever forever gamblers.com or go to our Bandcamp page we did a real small run on our own so get them while they're getting good Thank God it was did. great. It was really fun. And Texas like that place, it's like when you're in that place by yourself, it is it full is of so ghosts. Creepy. What? Uh, how? What's the, the what's the seating capacity in in the Texas Theater? Uh, well, it was 666 people. Are you serious? Uh, I am dead serious. But I think so. They just added. You know, it got they got sold, and so. This guy Barack, who's super awesome, his company. Bob, I made a movie with him, and in, in, in the in the, did you know I starred? I wrote and starred, and he directed a movie that I was in in nineteen ninety eight. I think. You know, I think I sort of knew that. It's a women in prison parody called Prison A Go Go, and it has uh, Rhonda Shearer from USA Up All Night and uh fucking who else lloyd kaufman's in it and somebody else oh mary warnoff from the principal from rock and roll high school is in it i had scenes with That's her <laughs> yeah miss tobar miss togar but they're adding a second they're like the balcony never was open because structurally i guess it wasn't safe but they've they've refurbished it and they're putting a second uh theater up there so which that's probably going to change the past. But yeah, it used to be 666. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you say what the probably the most famous thing that happened in that theater was? Oh, the time that uh what was that wrestler? Oh, there might have been an arrest made there, I think. Yeah, who was Amy that? Herman got caught Jack. Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, Lee. Dallas famous. I want Zach, say- Zach did the Zach did the popcorn trick on a girl. Texas is known. <laughs> Texas has an 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 or inordinate amount of old cool theaters that unfortunately do get torn down. And you know when they refurbish them, like here in at the Paramount here in Austin or whatever, it's always a great thing. And they you know, uh, but remember the Arcadia in Dallas? Anybody ever go there? Yeah, that was a great place. I saw Slayer there. Badly, I, I think that that was that was arson that, i think those people that owned it that was fixing it up i think they it down but there's the granada still in still in play there and uh but that's a that's a venue not they don't do movies there do they they did no and granada think. i've seen no now though do they do movies i've saw i mean it was been it's been since i lived there i used to see movies there uh but that was like 14 years ago but yeah they caught but i let's not gloss over they caught they caught lee harvey oswald the man framed for killing the president uh <laughs> man they caught that motherfucker there he, what uh the, and they i think they know what seat it was yeah um, there's a plaque on the seat that shows where they caught him yeah which i think the plaque is actually may or may not be the actual seat that i think it was a couple rows 
different. But. Uh, it's always that. It's always different. They might have. I think so what I was, it was. I, was I think what it was there. is like somewhere in like the seventies. They like moved. They added seats or moved seats or something like that. Um, yeah, and you know what was sad is after. So after they caught him, like it was a big, you know, it was built in the. God, I forget exactly, but it was built by. Uh, Oh, Howard Hughes. Yeah, Howard Hughes. And it was yeah. like a beautiful Venetian theater. And then when they caught Oswald, like, you know, no one wanted to go see a movie there. So they like stuccoed over the whole thing. Yeah. And so like behind those stuccoed walls there is just beautiful Venetian theater and still oh. probably preserved behind there. Yeah. Knock all that down. Would you it know, be possible to take that stucco down? I'm sure Brock yeah, thought is. of that. It's just like be crazy expensive, but yeah. We could talk about how Jesse Ventura came to the theater one time and they they it was like some true TV episode <laughs> and they filmed him. So it's like hanging out listening to that guy just spew all kinds <laughs> of crazy conspiracy theories. There's 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 something in the soil under the water that the government wasn't want you to know about. Well, there's that's actually a dead on Jesse Ventura. Uh, Mike, the body Wib Wibtura. Um, Popcorn is full of a psyop. Popcorn is a psyop. It's not like the water from the great state of Minnesota. Um, you know, where there is a fucking shit ton of abandoned theaters and and actually uh, old movie theaters is downtown Los Angeles. Uh, if you're just kind of driving around, it's almost every block. It's just something I noticed the last time I was there. Almost every block, there is an old, and I mean, of course, you know, that was, that was, it's Hollywood. So that was, you know, the movie. So there was always some movie premiere going, so they had to have a shit ton of theaters. But man, there's so many, so many of them are abandoned and boarded up and stuff. I bet they're just amazing. inside. What's really interesting about, I think about old theaters is when somebody gets into the back storage room and there's all the old movie posters and events that happen there and they're still there. I think that's always amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was going to say was that just the weird thing about culture is that, you know, when Kennedy was assassinated and he and Lee Harvey Oswald got caught there, no one wanted to go there. Where now, you know, whatever political party, if if a president got assassinated and his blood was all over the walls, everyone would want to sit in that exact seat and just be like, can we not? Can the you know, true crime is such like a thing that we that is part of our lives that it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It really like wouldn't be yeah, like, right. for either side. It, I'm not. This is not like a political like against. Any it would be like the the boon for their for that. Oh, oh my God! It would. Yeah, they would never not be sold out because of right. that. But man, that theater is awesome. And I they do um, Texas theater in Dallas. They do comedy shows in the back. You can go behind the screen and do and do comedy shows. And in December, like uh, December of before the pandemic so it was like 2019 i did like a comedy i opened up for chad daniels it's like the most people it's the most people i've ever done comedy to and i did like 20 minutes and it was like the best it was like sold out it was the scariest moment of my life so i have like so much like weird little like uh i don't know that was like a, a real that place is very special to me too because of all that yeah it's great that's a good. Uh, that's a good one, there, Stuart. In We're going downhill from here, though. Don't worry. Okay. Well, let's. Did you ever uh, see a? Did you ever see a porno movie there? No, but I did go on a first date in high school to a uh, John Holmes movie in 3D at the Inwood Theater. Whoa! I love the Inwood. 
What, uh, what was Travis, what was the name of that movie? Are you Travis Bickle from fucking Taxi Driver? <laughs> yeah. To a and it wasn't even my idea. It was the girl I went with's idea. Oh, that's a uh, that's a interesting date. That's a lot yeah. to uh that's a that's a hell of a lot to live up to after the fact. In 3D? Yeah, Shit. It was in 3D and of course, you know, the big money mo was like, you know, you, you know what happens is but it was cheesy stuff. Wait, wait, so Stuart, Stuart, Stuart. Describe what? in detail what happened. What happens? We don't. Mike and describe I don't. Describe in describe God. in detail. If you if you uh, wonder why Mike and I are the age we are, and we don't have children. It's because we've neither one of us know how sex works. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, that's a whole. And also, I also I I microwave food a lot, and my microwave is crotch level. That's true. <laughs> and and every time me and Mike hang out when it's just us. I kick him in the balls as hard as I can. It's something he wants and asks for, not me. Starts I've the day off this. right. It's an actually true story. It's like a cup of coffee if you don't want to drink coffee. Just have your buddy. Just <laughs> kick you yeah, I, I remember one time uh, seeing these. This friend of mine had this, this like compilation tape of just like this is like pre-internet. Uh, and it was just like, uh, there's like a, there used to be a Mr. Show sketch about like every month, the guy will come with a tape and just open the door and go, you guys seen this? And it, oh, yeah. there really was a culture of like, of, of VHS trading, especially of like weird stuff. If you say no shit. Like, yeah. No yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It, and uh, there was this crew and, and did you guys ever know the Good Bad Art Collective in Austin, Texas? Yeah, yeah. I remember. Or in uh, Denton, Texas. I'm sorry. Um, that, you know, that for the listener, like there was this just crew of artists that were just kind of like, you know, just kind of they did like legit art shows, but a lot of like weird conceptual art shows where they like lock two guys in a room for like 40 52 hours with the and they had to keep a seesaw moving and just like weird things where they, i remember my band did a thing where they they, they set up parties. yeah weird parties they, they did a show and it was like literally like eight bands set up on stages and you all play a set at the same time at full volume so it was just like this super weird thing but one of the dudes had this tape of like the most depraved, insane things you've ever seen. And then there, were, there was a section on there called Kickball. And it was just some German guy in Lederhosen who just like, you know, planted like, you know, plant his feet like in perfect. So and there's just some woman who would come up and just kick him as hard as she could in the balls. And he would just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that out later. Um, okay, well, Stuart, that's a good thing. Number one, uh, old Texas movie theaters uh, or old Texas old old movie theaters. Uh, that's a good one. Let's let's get on to your thing number two. Thing number two. Okay, thing two. So I, you know, since I'm an audio dork, uh, the, my my con my recording console. Oh, is a thing that has a thing I love. So tell, it's, it's, tell us about the tell us about the ins and outs. Is that an analog? That's an analog recording console, correct? Yeah. So it's called a Spectrosonics. You know, 1969, originally for Steve Cropper and Jerry Williams in Memphis. And, Wait, uh, Steve, Steve the Colonel Cropper from from the Booker T and the MGs. Yeah. No shit. He he invented yeah. your console. He what? He invented your console. No, no, no. It was built for him. No, it was built for, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood. He was built for him. So Steve, the Colonel Copper, for anyone that doesn't know, he was uh, 
the sort of Stax Records uh, in-house session guitar player, but also wrote part of uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. He was Otis Redding's guitar player. He was Booker T and the MGs. He was also um, in the movie, The Blues Brothers. He was the guitar player for The Blues Brothers and in the movie. Uh, just true. a complete legend. So that's like and sort of also partly. wasn't he a he a part of uh, the Thrashville crew? Um, I think he he was he's in a lawsuit right now with this guy with, Dave with, Mustaine with Dave Mustaine about the ownership. The of, paperwork yeah. did not get involved, did not get accepted. Thrashville, so it's a big thing right now. Um, <clears throat> well, so so it was, I did not know that your what year do you was was it was it in yours was built in '69. Yeah, nice. Wow. So it's the same. Uh, it's the same console that they used to have in stacks, and the same they used to have one at Arden in Memphis as well, which were like they did. So how many it's of those? Star and Led Zeppelin three, I think, was mixed on that thing, and but that's not really the main reason of why. Wait, was mixed on your console? No, on one like on one like that. Okay. How many like just general like how many consoles? like that probably exists anymore i don't know 15. oh wow no well, shit. i need it I, I need an exact number now well i just gave you an estimation which is all you're gonna i'm not i'm taking shut the fuck up. uh um, no but that's uh i i love uh and i don't you know i don't i don't only know i've been around a couple but being around those old consoles just feels just feels good, right? I mean, how much of it, like, you know, could like technically be done on a computer, but just feels awful at this point in time? Well, I mean, there's a definitely depends on when you started, but yeah. Uh, mine's also mine's also been in a fire. Oh shit! Survive it survived a fire. How long have you had it? Uh, well, I've had it. I don't know. Four years, I think. Okay. I remember when I tried to buy it for, I tried to get it for like 12 years. From I bought it from my old, my mentor in Memphis. And okay. I tried to buy it from him for like literally 12 years. And he resisted for about Have you ever worked at Ardent? I know. That's where we did uh, uh, Cat Power Records. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I know a lot of, I have a lot, uh, my mentor, Bill Stevenson, also used to he kind of earned figured out a lot and uh used to work at Arden quite a bit as well uh a lot of those old cruise records and stuff like that and early all records they were doing in Arden oddly enough because I think they got a good rate on one of their b rooms or something so they, they very well could have used that console at some point if if that console was at Arden correct it was but I think when they moved to the probably where Bill worked it was probably taken out of service Oh, okay. I got, he always talks about his mentor and you probably know the man, John, um, I forget his last name. He was like the, the, the head guy there, there at Ardent. Oh, John Fry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That man. He always is, is dropping uh knowledge from past to him from that guy. Um, I remember Dave, when my crazy stuff where like he would, when they had the studio, the first incarnation of Ardent, like he would, he sort of would do like a school. If he like, if there was musicians he liked, he would just sort of mentor them and and show them how to use the studio, and then like he'd go home at like eight or something if they were recording, and be like, "Okay, y'all just lock up when you leave." Holy shit! And he would just let them go. Like if you listen, to Chilton, like 
there's a solo record that he did that you can tell like there's some songs done at like three in the morning and it, they're pretty great songs but did you learn anything did you learn anything from john fry <laughs> no not really because I, I mean I, I i met him but i didn't spend much time with him right yeah there's there's a thing about analog gear i mean it's for the listeners that maybe aren't as engaged with all this nerdy shit um it's there's something about recording with analog gear there's opposed to midi gear or digital gear or computers or technology where if you want something to sound authentic and original and older you record it on that gear because it's a lot harder to do it with newer computer-based gear and trying to make that sound like it's an authentic older recording from the 70s or 60s or whatever it's a warmer tone it's a more natural tone it's less wet as they say which is a lot really affected and things like that so uh yeah, my mentor, think... uh, my mentor always used to show me which watermelons were the ripest uh, if you're going to break them on stage. Uh, when I was working with Gallagher back in the day, it was a special, you know, special kind of relationship because he would, you know, he just he would just walk me in to a grocery store and he had this real funny way of thumping them. So you were going to know which ones were going to really, really pop. Really get, really get, uh, really get uh, some melon in the splash zone. You've been sitting on that joke for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. It was fucking bored. It bored off my ass. So you go, eh, the, the gigawatts. Well, I mean, and it's a good thing you 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 unleashed that joke to the listening audience because I'm sure everyone is good. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> fucking knows everyone knows who Gallagher is at this point. Oh, yeah. oh, that, that, that hip fucking with it reference. Um, I should have picked. Who should I pick for a better joke there? Um, you could have gone Carlin, but you know, it's okay. Could have gone, well, that would have been. Well, that would be funny. It needs to be a stupid mentor. Lord, are you I don't have a mentor though. I real. I will say when you guys were talking about, this, I was like, man, I never had, I never had anybody like kind of take it's, me. It experience a lot, Mike. Well, I say mentor. I basically irritated Bill Stevenson into like taking. Yeah, but you, he, he, he has guided what you do that's from very, that's very when true. you I would, were I wouldn't have a really career. young, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, know, I, I, don't, first, I don't have when anybody. I called for my when I first called for to try and get an internship at Easley's. The first question Doug asked me was, "Do you like music?" <laughs> and i didn't really know how to answer to that question i was like what why the fuck are you asking me this of course well, i like music but you know what if you said no that necessarily if there's somebody that is going to record and what you do let's say engineering or mixing or whatever if somebody isn't a huge music fan that might actually be to their favor because they're going at it completely objectively it is. No, you know, I'm not I mean, buying this argument, Zach. Well, I'm not. I'm not arguing for it. I'm just saying, <laughs> as a person that is asking that question, and you're a person that owns a studio, maybe you want somebody that's a little more OCD about the technicality of it. If you're an actual engineer, you know what I'm saying. You're never going to be a fan of the band that's in there. You're just trying to do the best job possible. That kind of that that kind of. I don't know. It seems like you would have to, at least. I don't know. There's there's because there is like the technical end of it, but there's also the art end. And sure. that it seems right. like if you don't if you don't like if you don't like music enough for the art end. I mean, I will say that like I, I you don't can work. You can be an insurance agent and not like the insurance business. But I don't that's think true. Music I guess you're right. Hey, look, cool. it's coming from a person. This is me. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. It's coming from a person that the only thing I'm good at on this planet. And and I would say, you know, quote unquote, good is being is playing music like that i do nothing else i don't fucking use my golf sticks or anything 
I mean, this podcast is going pretty good, Zach. I feel like you're pretty special at this. this you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and on that, I fuck with him, but I think that's agree with you on that. But I think that's based on the strength of my co-host. Right. Well, that that's sweet? that's true. That's true. That's true. Don't that's true. fucking agree with me. I'm trying to say something nice to you, you fucking dick. Huh? What? Yeah, just take Who? it. Quit being an asshole. Um, I can't help it. Uh, but I no, but I I mean. I think that it is sort of like a film editing a little bit in that engineering there there's a heavy te- there, there's a heavier technical aspect than uh, to the art form of creating songs it's heavier on the technical end but there's a there's a real there's a real art in there and uh, I mean I definitely remember when I was first, uh, not first, but like in the middle, a middle of my musical uh, career, if you can call it that, uh, starting to like, well, maybe, you know, it'd be a lot cheaper to do. And it would be cheaper to like produce all my own stuff. But I realized pretty quick, like, well, I think I, I just want to stay focused on getting good at this end of it and find somebody else to work with who is, you know, can, can see kind of what I'm talking about on my end and can, can articulate it better. You know, I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, yeah, you gotta are... let go. I mean, it, it's a lot to be said for the, like there's certain people that can do it all. Mostly you leave that, like you should be able to just focus on your song and yeah. let someone else, I mean, worry about making it sound how you you want i mean i think that's why we work together it's like y'all trust me with yeah yeah i know that and and that's another thing you know dave our buddy friend of the podcast dave rodriguez mustang Mustang, he -hmm. asked me to produce his band and i'm not an engineer i don't you know i see you working on like i know some of it but i don't think i would ever i don't have that brain about it i'm i'm much more on the creative and so i felt like my strength was basically helping them write and rearrange their songs and things and then i was like I told him early on, I was like, I have got to bring in my my buddy, Stuart Sykes, who's like the best engineer I know. And you're a great producer and of yourself, but you've got all those bases covered. I think if I got asked to do more of that, I would always have to work with you on that level because I don't know if I want to understand how all that works. It's like it's like knowing how the sausage is made, so to speak. And you have all those, you can produce a band from, you know, getting in the room with them and telling them that their songs need to be rearranged and engineer it and mix it and master it. Um, you're a jack of all trades, Papa. You, you know what? You know it's usually said after that phrase, right, Zach? Who's that? Master of, trades, none. of none. Well, but master you know, of baiting. But master of baiting. But you don't need to master anything else. You are master at what you do, and it's uh, it's working out for you there. Um, How often do you ever uh, get bands that are just like, we don't know what we're doing, we don't know what we want, and you're like making decisions on what they want? you're making the decisions what they want for them. Has that ever happened? Like, uh, maybe earlier. Yeah. On. Not so much. I mean, you know, when I first started, I would, I recorded, you know, I was staff engineer, so I recorded whatever walked in the door. Yeah. Right. And so you had to learn quickly, like know what they wanted to sound like and try and make them sound like that. Even if they couldn't describe it, you know what I mean? Yeah yeah well but now you know i i I, we have talked with people before they actually come in i won't i won't won't sound i won't sound punk stewart 
Well, Mike <laughs> and I, punk, punk, punk rock. Mike and I are pretty, you punk. know, we know what we want. We know what we want our stuff to say. We sound. want it. We want it punk. We want it punk. Uh, but it, for me, it's amazing having this relationship with you because, like I said, I've only ever had a relationship with, with, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different producers, but the one that I've worked with the most, of course, is Bill Stevenson. And I have a definite rapport and a working relationship with him and mine with your, with you is this whole other entity on in and of itself that it's also just as rewarding and, and fulfilling. And I love it. Um, and it so- is scary when it's a new person as an artist, because you're yeah. like, because uh, you're trusting this person to make yeah your, your art. So it's like, yeah. And to like, kind of like, and, and it probably takes a little bit to, to like, speak a common language between like when i say dirty right you know, when i want something to sound like grunge you know when i want something to sound like real distorted that's probably a different real distorted means something different to me than like if it was like uh you know like an indie rock like a super like jangly indie rock band like their version of really distorted is probably not near as as uh as distorted as my version of right. really distorted or or whatever you know my yeah. Mike's just always trying to make us sound like this mortal coil. No, I want to sound like, I want to sound so distorted. I want to sound socially distorted. Motherfucker! Let's move on. That was a great thing, too. Uh, What's your, uh, so we got your recording console, and then we went off the rails and started talking about your career, because we're both fascinated with your career. So let's get into your thing number three. All right. Oh, God damn, it's the thing number three. This one's really goofy. Uh, And Zach, I don't know how much you're going to be able to chime in on this one uh boiled crawfish let's hmm. we're gonna spend the next hour talking about boiled, boiled crawfish. crawfish i mean i can talk look here's the thing before i was a vegetarian i actually did not like seafood so i wasn't a big seafood guy in the first place so mike what do you got i love seafood uh boiled crawfish a seafood and i eat it <laughs> i'm fat. i'm on a seafood diet I seafood, I eat it, but only if it's fish. Okay. Are you pescatarian? No, I'm, I'm. He's a dipshitosaurus. <laughs> that's not a fucking diet, motherfucker. <laughs> not a fucking diet. Um, the, I, I'm, I'm fish and chicken. Uh, I don't eat beef or lamb or or pork. Any if it I'm if a it, little chicken and I'm a little if it chicken. blinks, I try not to eat it. And chickens might blink, but I'm not gonna do any checking in on that. Chickens might blink. Fish I like might how you can blink, blow your theory out of the water like within three seconds. What's that? Well, no mammals, no mammals. That's my that's my my rule. That it, I'll break the rule if it's like a, a week like. You know, if I'm like in another country and somebody's like, have this thing we made for you, like I, I'll break that rule. It, but it's it's whatever. But boiled crawfish. All right. It's like interactive eating. You know, you're right. You're, you got to get in it. It's you like know, very messy. It's like sunflower it? Yeah, it's great. It's like sunflower it's like seeds. A- Hey, real quick, can I do an experiment, a live experiment? Mike and I, you and I write songs together. We're very good. Hey, you at don't it. like my crawfish story. You want I, me do, to I do, no, I do. I just want to see. I just want to see how Mike's gonna finish this in real time. Finish this song. Okay. Chicken gonna blink, fish gonna swim. 
<laughs> it's just dirty. It immediately like no. I can't like hum a song. OK, do it again. I'll do it. Chicken gonna blink, fish gonna swim, booty gonna stink, and I'm gonna win. <laughs> oh, thank you for being here for that, Stuart. Yeah. Back, so, to, back to crawfish. But I here's my here's my issue with crawfish, and I want you to give we me. We can switch the bulldogs. Do you want to go there? I guess that's right, no, we're here. We're here. One. We're, we're here. already here. We can talk about bulldog. We have to. We have to follow up with bulldogs because uh, we have to talk about your dog. But um, crawfish, man, uh, it's a lot of work for little reward. Is my See, lot, take on not, it. I don't agree. With you that. love the taste so much that it is a lot of work for great reward. I love every part about it. I love popping its back off. I love sucking the head. Oh, but. But I love it all. I'm with it's Mike. Delicious. I'm with Mike, even though I don't like this food. You are working for, let's say, five minutes on. I know it's part of the whole on by a part food. Of the thing. I probably wouldn't like it as much if that all that stuff was not involved. So like in an, Is hour, a, in an hour, you're taking like 12 bites of food. Well, I'm, I'm pretty. I, yeah, no, if you get good at it, you can really throw them down. Um, um, have you, so when you throw them little hush puppies in there, them, them little, them little mud, they call them mud bugs, right? Mud bug. Hey, y'all yeah. like mud bugs? Do you see them? Uh, they're bugs, man. They are for real these bugs. I know, and they're delicious. Exoskeletons, uh, like bugs. Do you have to deal with, um, because I don't do shrimp very much, uh, but I, I will. But uh, is there the de-veining? Is the, is that what we call it when you there's if you a pop the if you pop the exoskeleton off right, that will devein it by in that move. Isn't the vein it, like it's, it's also a very it's a social it's a social food. Well, that's, that's what I was gonna been, get to. Has there ever been shit inside of that when you pop that thing off? Oh, all the time. I mean, like, there is like, every time. Like cra crawfish shit. Yeah, it looks like shrimp a shrimp poop. Uh, yeah, the poop vein and the shrimp. Yeah, I got issues with that. But well, tell me about the <laughs> why, Mike. <laughs> issues with eating, eating a shrimp's turds. So I was I was in Marfa one uh, one spring. Okay, and there was this docent guy that was working at Chinati Foundation. He lived in like Baton Rouge or something, and it was the first crawfish season he was going to miss in his life, and he was bummed. So his dad dry ice and shift him like 90 pounds of crawfish god damn and so he's out in the middle of you know nowhere texas and like put up flyers all over the town crawfish boil and like so all these people from alpine and marfa came to his crawfish boil and it was fantastic because none of them had ever had crawfish before but like oh, we yeah. met like half the town like showing them how to eat crawfish and like hanging out and like it was a that's the kind of power crawfish has, man. So was that your first crawfish boil? No. Oh, okay. I, fuck, I don't know. It was a memorable. Well, that's do? memorable. Okay, I get it. So it's a community thing. It's a communal thing. You're it's not you're right though. You don't you don't eat that by yourself. No one makes that for themselves at home. No. What so, about uh what do you because not only this? is it a pain to eat, it's a pain in the ass to cook. Well, there it is. And you just put what? like newspaper on the table and fucking go for uh, it. Go what's it. the what's the seasoning? What do you what do you what do you slap on those? 
anything on those bugs what do you what how do you how do you what's the season like on those? uh you know cayenne and i don't know they have shrimp boiled stuff yeah I'm, you know that's and not the my sides special. cooking is not my specialty now are the sides usually the um the corn on the cob it's it's usually <laughs> beer yeah yeah corn and potatoes generally the easiest one i like how mike and i are studying this and trying to get our heads around it like <laughs> i mean i would I, i've been around them but there's also here's uh, and this is like a the greasiness on the hands is a little it, it i think that gets to me too here's a, what mike and i have in common Stuart, is we're both fancy boys and we don't like to get I'm dirty. really starting to get disappointed by this. Well, we don't like to get our hands and stuff dirty. We're, we're both <laughs> we have that. And for me, when you say that 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 there's turds inside of the thing you might be eating, that takes me out of it. So I don't like to eat shit. Well, I'm you know what? I feel I'm, but you I'm, don't I'm... eat the shit. You, you, <laughs> you, you do remove the shit. OK, <laughs> well, I'm 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 willing to uh... you're willing to learn. I'm 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 willing to I you know I'm I'm thinking about it I'm like maybe I've never given it a full chance. Well, and I, I think that's should... very possible that I've never given crawfish a full chance. Now, let me ask this. Crawfish and crawdads, is there a difference? Is it just a colloquial term for the same thing? I think I think it's the same thing. Do craw do crawfish have pincher pinchers? Yeah. Because we used like to go many lobsters. Yeah. Okay. We used to go crawdad fishing all the time. Because uh, you're and, a uh, probably honestly, I think I've done it in Zach's hometown of Sherman, Texas, when I was a kid. They used uh, to do it. I mean, I might have done it back then too, because it's like a very Sherman. You know, you blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, it just is a very it, backwards. Like this, this conversation is bringing up a lot of things that you don't want to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Put a piece of bacon. Put a piece of bacon on a fishing line and just dangle it in certain areas, and they they come out. Yeah, hey, mud bug's uh, gonna snap. <laughs> Man, you know what's scary is uh like lobsters and crawdads mouths. Have you ever like seen a look up there? Is all these little things going? Blah, 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 blah. Really? I haven't seen that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, Stuart, I think we've. I don't, gone... mess, I don't mess around with lobster. I think I think we've gone. What? As as They're we just can. big crawdads. Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Zach and Mike Make Three podcast. But I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I do. It's called the International News Service. Me and my news team look into stories of the weird, stories of the bizarre, and stories of the unimaginable. And also, it's very, very stupid. So check out the International News Service wherever you get your podcasts. No, they're not nearly as good. But it's like, but it's the same amount of work and you get a giant piece of... Uh... They're not as good. And that was good. Oh, I don't eat lobster really either. Uh, it, uh, lobster. Here's the thing, though. Lobster crawdads makes sense as this communal thing 
where you have it all laid out and everybody's getting dirty and everybody's drinking beer and, uh, you know, you're, you're talking shit and your uncle gets too drunk and you, all the kids go draw things on them and just beat the living <laughs> shit out of them. But lobster, as opposed to that, it's like, okay, well, it's the same thing, but we put it in the fanciest restaurant where we expect everyone to be really dressed up and they're out there like, you know, on, on body parts. How is lobster, if you have to serve it with a giant bowl of melted butter, that kind of tells you after that it's not going to be good. Yeah. And you still have to deter it. Um, well, I, do you have I, to do that with lobster? I would imagine. I don't, right? I don't think you do. If do mud you? bugs have turds in them, why wouldn't a lobster? I don't think. I think it's. Well, are you saying because different. it's such a nice place, they I, go ahead and deter it for you? No, they give all the lobsters X-lax before they kill them. They oh, put makes, X-lax in the water. That makes sense. That makes sense. They take um, them into the, they take, they have a real fancy lobster, because it's in a fancy restaurant. They have like a, a special lobster bathroom with a little, like there's a, there's like a little fish attendant that gives them little wet wipes and, and some, some mints on the way out. And then they, they march happily like to their, with a catfish is, would be the, would be yeah, the, with the mustache. Yeah. yeah, it's a cat. Like yeah, yeah totally. Would you like a mint? Yeah. Would you like a mint? Uh, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, Mike. Thank, thank you for clearing that up. Well, let's let's loop back to a little a bit away from his Stuart's disgusting food habits to uh, his amazing bulldog. Let's Stuart talk about has bulldogs. A bulldog named Iggy that uh, is a solid ball of mass, and he will all four. Everyone, everyone loves him until you meet him. Yeah, every, I all, love him after I've met him. I mean, I've had to legs. tell him well, just, that's inappropriate. I've almost had to cancel him for some of his behavior. But it's been me too several times. Yeah, He's, he likes to hump. You know, what's funny is Dave Rodriguez laid down on his stomach in front of Iggy the other day. And Iggy immediately, I forgot to tell you, Mike, immediately, immediately Iggy got up and went and tried to hump David. And Dave was like, man, stop. And I was like, please let this happen. Just yeah, let me yeah. watch. <laughs> I got to see this. I can uh, see I can see Iggy uh, gaining dominance over, over it's the dominance thing. I yeah, think yeah. he's uh, he got in trouble. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? He got in trouble because he was barking at the neighbor's dog and he wouldn't stop. Uh, he gets in trouble a lot. It seems it seems um, how, how so how long have you had bulldogs? Uh, he's our second one. So the, our first bull, she was she lived to be seven. Iggy's eight now, so oh wow, uh, it's yeah. hard with bulldogs, man. They're so cute and they're so uh, you know, you, you fall in love with them, but they they and don't have long lifespans. So, they're so expensive. Yeah, I can yeah, imagine. yeah. They're in the doctor a lot. They don't, and their their lifespan. I mean, they're just breeding kind of, does no favors to any yeah any creature. Yeah. I mean, my guy's thirteen now, and he acts like he's still a you know he's still acts young we you know he's and got he's, years and it's yeah yeah he's and your zach your dog's part pit right he's part pit he's part pit and part boxer so so were you your thing number three was disgusting uh eating actual bugs and uh your dog who is great and fantastic but humps everything in sight and has made little girls cry at family functions i was witness to that yeah. wait did that really happen that really happened he made yeah he made two Riverboat Gambler's daughters uh, cry. And he made, uh, he made, 
Spotty and Pat's daughters cry because he would not stop. He would not leave them alone. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And you would, you would, Stuart would take him back in the house and he would just sit at the window and then Stuart would think it was okay. And the second he'd open the door, Iggy would run back to them and they would scream, cry, and then you put him back in the house. Yeah. yeah. Dogs are scary. He thought to he was being like cute. He thought he was yeah. going to be playful and stuff, but he was just like, you know, he's a bowling ball. When he comes flying at you, you gotta look at Yeah, him. I mean, oh, he yeah. is the roundest, the roundest bulldog I've ever seen. Most bull, most bulldogs are like logs, and he's more of a bowling ball he's than like a butterball turkey with his with his legs. Out. How's his uh his but he had knee surgery recently, right? They have both knees, both ACLs done. They fix it with fishing wire. Oh wow. You're like hot. I got the dog with the bad knees. Blue, uh, blew him out, blew him out, being line a linebacker. Yeah. Blew him yeah, out totally. or fucking. Um, <laughs> practices that a lot. Uh, all right. Well, so we are right at about an hour. So, uh, Stuart, we won't tie up too much longer. Uh, so your three things to recap. Old movie theaters, A. B, your console, your analog cool console that was made for Steve the Colonel Cropper. And C, eating uh, actual bugs um yeah <laughs> and sub three your dog iggy which is which is great uh so thank you for doing our podcast don't confuse those last yeah. two things oh, I mean, uh... um thanks for doing our podcast thanks for putting up with us the last few days thanks for putting up with us period because uh we really uh love working with you buddy likewise i'll see you tomorrow you will see us you're gonna see that fucking lovely uh pound a couple of hours in a couple hours so you deal with all that uh mike you got anything as we're heading out yeah uh i'm starting uh i think i mentioned it last week there's a new comedy show that i'm doing the first thursday of every month at buzz mill with a uh, friend of the podcast doug meller it's called excelsior and it's at the uh buzz mill july 1st it's free uh stacked austin, lineup uh in austin texas yeah i know actually i you know i forget how that this podcast has reach and uh i've had a couple people go like are these is, is are you coming to oakland and i'm like oh yeah at some point but but uh Wait, yeah right doug, now this isn't austin is doug moving back doug's moving back oh shit i didn't realize. yeah yeah okay so i um there's that and then uh the draculas play live july 4th we can announce that uh at the little darling all american draculas the all -American. american draculas are playing uh july 4th at little darling in austin and ian mcdougall and i are doing a our our stripped down acoustic uh, variety show with a band called the pine hill haints who I would love to get uh, Jamie, the singer on the podcast. Uh, that's July 3rd. July 3rd. So and that's at Buzz Mill. And that's Buzz at Buzz Mill as well in Austin, Texas. So I've got a real busy week ahead of me. I have a record out called The Nowhere Generation by the band Rise Against. I'm leaving to go on tour at the end of July. We have the Descendants uh, uh, supporting us, which is unbelievable to say. And just doesn't that even starts in July, the Descendants tour? Yeah, that's at the end of July. Uh, so July all the way through August, about five weeks. We'll be here in Austin on August 13th, and we'll be in every town pretty much in the U.S., so just check listings. Um, so, yeah, lots of stuff, busy action. You got, I, I, I just What date are you guys playing Thrashville? 
Uh, Thrashville will be eternal, my friend. Thrashville is eternal, and all dogs go to Thrashville. Hello, me. It's me again. Um, so, well, thanks, guys, for listening to the Zach and Mike Make 3 podcast. Thank you for Sound Talent Media for letting us do this podcast. We will keep making these shits. Thanks, Stuart Sykes. Uh, you're in our outro here, buddy. Because yeah, thank you. You're special and family, and we love you. Uh, thank you, Mike. What a, what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a gift you get to, we're giving you to get to be on the outro. Congrats. Um, thank you, Mike. You made it. <laughs> Our friend, your friendship to us has paid off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're breathing rarefied air, my friend. Woo. Man, right, well, we'll see you guys next week. We don't know who, what guests we'll have on. We'd like to tell you, but we fly from the seat of our pants on this one. So uh, thanks for joining us on our journey. <laughs> live, laugh, love. <laughs> live, live through the witches. Love through the dishes. And laugh on the back of my Dragula. Namaste. Hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.